Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we wanted to talk about kind of the what we're calling the calm before the storm. Basically, what to do and what to work on and what not to work on in the few months leading up to WWDC. Because uh, the idea here is... You know, as iOS developers uh, or Mac developers, if any of you are listening, uh, WWDC usually includes some kind of major changes, especially for iOS. Um, you know, some kind of major API changes, possibly design changes, possibly business or marketing changes. So uh, there's always there's always a lot to do in response to what's announced at WWDC for the fall. And so the question is, like, you know, what you know, right now as we record this, it's late April. And, you know, WWDC is in mid-June. So it's it's close enough that, like, you don't necessarily want to get started on some kind of big project now, right before WWDC, or months before WWDC. Um, and so the question is kind of like, what do you do in this quiet time? So, David, what do you do usually? So I just got finished with uh, Activity++, which was like my last, probably the last new app that I will launch before WWDC. And it was only launched when it was because 9.3 was new, had this new API, this new capability. Like, otherwise, this time of year tends to be um, a sort of a cleanup phase. Like, I was thinking about this in preparation for the show of kind of what my normal year looks like, which is probably a good place to start in some ways, where, so... In many ways, like my development year starts at WWDC on whatever Monday that is. Like this year, it's like June 13th is essentially like the new, like developer New Year's, um, where at that point we will sort of have the roadmap of what to come, what's coming, what to expect, what's going to be important for the next, you know, for the next year until the next WWDC. And like real um, New Year's, we also might have a hangover. That's, 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 it's, it's true. Um, the, so from there, we have a few months of time until whatever's announced at WWDC actually gets released. So typically, recently, this has been in June, everything's announced in September-ish, late, late September, early October, somewhere around there, whenever the new iPhones come out, typically, is the sort of the window we have to before, when, from when the new stuff is announced to when the new stuff is available. So it's usually a pretty busy time for most developers because especially if it's like a big sweeping change, you know, it's like I think iOS 7 where it's like, oh, okay, all of this new UI stuff needs to be done or those types of changes. Um, or it's like with the watch, it's like here's watch OS 2 that's going to be coming out. Um, you have these this, this very busy period essentially over the summer. And then you get all that out. Um, then you are, t- at least in my, conceptually for me, my goal is then to get everything nice and tidy for the holidays, you know, so I want to be like, it's not as, as pronounced of a bump as it used to be, but around, you know, around Christmas, there's usually a, a, a nice solid bump in app downloads and sales and things, because there's just a lot of people getting new devices and, you know, people getting new devices seem to be more apt to go and download things. So you get, you want to be sort of after the summer sort of intense phase, you have this cleanup phase um, sort of running through Christmas. And then the early part of the year is when I tend to kind of look at it as it's like it's a, a good opportunity for doing like point releases, like do, doing these kinds of um, big updates, but not like massive 
change, you know, not like new apps typically, it's more just these big changes. Right. And then you get into this period right around now where I don't want to tackle anything that I don't think I'm going to finish by June. Um, and I don't want to really um like make new new pro- like new small things because they may just become wor- you know worthless or or kind of you know deprecated or all these types of things in June and so right now it tends to be more kind of a cleanup phase for me so I'll look through I, this is kind of the process I'm going through right now is I'll look through my apps which of which there are many and I will kind of see like what are the little niggling things that I can do and things that have been on my to-do list for a while that I, you know, overall would make the the apps better. And these tend to be updates that are more quality of life updates, you know, things that are just like making the app easier to use or better or more stable, that kind of thing, rather than like, I'm going to implement this whole new, you know, radical approach to something. It's like, these are things that a lot of them, the users won't see directly. um, Or if they do, they'll just notice them that things are better rather than like totally different. But for me, that's kind of the, the, the cycle and what a year looks like. And so now is this kind of fun place where, you know, I get to, it's a bit more experimental. Like I'm just going in and doing lots of tinkering, which is kind of nice, I guess. Um, and it's like nice to kind of also um, rest a bit before the crazy sprint or I guess marathon that is June to September. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm in pretty much complete agreement with everything you just said in fact you just covered basically my entire outline for this episode (laughs) in four minutes but (laughs) sorry uh but yeah basically like you know this this is a great time you know as, as you just mentioned for um anything any kind of like administrative tasks like you clean up especially clean up that is not like the code of your app necessarily um you know administration stuff changing like updating your website or your marketing um structure you know some kind like that if you want to like make you know make a better side or or play with certain kinds of advertising or whatever else like this is a decent time to do that kind of stuff and as you said it's also a really good time to take vacations or to spend time with hobbies or with family or whatever else because a lot of people take vacation stuff in the summertime but you know as because of the schedule that we are on a lot of times developers can't take vacation or shouldn't take vacation in the summertime because summer is so busy for us tackling all the stuff that's going to be in the new version of iOS. And so this is a great time for all that. I mean, mainly the main thing is what you, what you don't want to be doing during this time, ideally, unless you really have to, but if you ideally, you don't want to be tackling major updates to existing apps. It's not a terrible time to write new apps, which we'll get to, um, you know, to, to, with given certain parameters. But um, this is a this is not a great time to do major updates to existing apps because in June, when when we get that WWDC Happy New Year Monday, and and we start and you know we see the State of the Unions and we start seeing some of the new APIs, um, what we usually find is that the new APIs that are that are released in June to developers and will be released in the fall to customers. Uh, usually they will make our jobs easier in in some big ways in our code. And even if even if they won't necessarily make our jobs easier, they will at least make our jobs different. And so there's a, any any amount of code that you write in the months before WWDC, it's kind of a liability that you might need that everything you're writing now you might need to adapt or rewrite in a few months. You know, and only and it's there's always a liability of that when you're writing code, but here the timeline is so close that it's kind of not ideal. If you can avoid writing tons of new code uh or or tons of adjustments to your app now, 
that's good. Um, this is especially true, at least it used to be especially true if you're writing Swift, since Swift is still so young and changes so much. Although, at least now with the open source roadmap, um, that, that should eliminate most of the surprises that are coming with Swift, and it's getting more mature. Um, but, you know, in general, the ground will shift in June. So you don't want to build a whole bunch of new code on top of the old ground until you know what the shift will be. And then, you know, maybe you can start taking advantage of new APIs. And it, it used to be the case that a lot of developers really couldn't take advantage of the new APIs yet uh, because they just they had to support older versions of iOS. I think over time that that need has has diminished somewhat. I, it's certainly not gone. And certainly there are a lot of people who still need, need to support old versions of iOS. And if you do, then therefore, like, you know, the some of the some of the ground shifting stuff might not apply to you yet. Uh, but I think most developers, especially, especially most indie developers now, can get away with supporting just the current version of iOS, and the vast majority of their customers in most cases are, are okay with that because uh, adoption rates are so good these days. Um, so really, you want to avoid being incompatible or causing more work for yourself for the new stuff coming in the fall. And this applies not only to code, but also to design marketing business because you know design wise like there's obviously there might be design changes to ios there you know there's been rumors of like you know more things related to true tone and night shift so maybe like a system-wide dark mode or something like that you got to consider that Uh, there might be design tweaks to the built-in widgets or to just the conventions there might be new new styles that are uh you know new navigation controller structures like a split view kind of thing like you know new stuff like that that might come out that might become like a new standard thing that people expect or want in the next version of ios so it is not like right now is not a good time to redesign your ui because you don't know what those changes will be yet um, also, marketing-wise, um, you know, there's there's considerations of like, do you want to do any kind of smaller, medium-sized releases now, and then also do like another medium-sized release in the fall, or do you want to cluster them together and just wait, you know, hold the stuff back now, and then in the fall do a bigger release? And of course, there's pluses and minuses to that as well. There's obviously more competition in the fall, uh, but there's also more people looking, and there's chances to be featured, and we'll probably cover that at a later date. Um, but also just, it's worth considering that any, any assumptions you make now about the business of selling your app, however you're making money, whatever your structure is for collecting money from people or not, um, whether you're doing ads, whether you're doing upgrade payments, whatever you're doing, the business model that you have now might need to change once we learn what we're going to learn in June. You know, so like, as you learned, David, like IAD is shutting down. So like if you were if you were depending on IAD a couple months ago, well, now you have work to do. Um, in June, there might be other changes announced. There might be changes to the App Store. There might be new policies where maybe what you're doing now won't be allowed anymore, or maybe it won't work as well anymore. Uh, and maybe there will be new things that we can do, new business models that become available or possible or more practical than they used to be. So this is all just a way to say like you should generally try to avoid any kind of major changes to existing apps during this time period because you might have to change it all again in two months yeah and i think there's in general it's like a lot of this speaks to a more fundamental thing that i know is important like an important thing for me to learn in sort of the discipline of 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 app creation was the rather than just as it's so easy to do like just keep barreling ahead on like opening up Xcode every morning and just getting in there and writing the codes and whatever you think of building 
is trying to instead make sure that you're being thoughtful about it and like being somewhat disciplined about it. Because when I think about these types of like considerations for getting ready for June is a lot of what I'm trying to do is make sure that I'm setting myself up so that on June 14th, I am ready to dive head headlong into whatever is announced. And I may or may not like th- maybe what they announce isn't really relevant to me or my app. Um, or maybe it's just not that interesting, whatever it is. But what I want is to make sure that I'm ready to do that. And like, I'm poised and capable of doing that. Like what I don't want to do is to just uh, like have been barreling along doing something that's like creating all of these sort of responsibilities or commitments that that I'm going to then have to be responsible for in June, July, and August. Like that's where it would become very problematic. And so I need to think about it and like, look, you know, it's, it's a struggle I know for myself that when I used to work in a more corporate environment, there was a certain amount of structure imposed on me by like having a manager and my manager having a manager and so on. And we'd have to go through things like sprint planning and we work out, what are we going to work on for the next two weeks? And go through all these exercises that in a corporate environment are kind of just the way you manage larger teams. But when you're working for yourself or with a very small team, that discipline has to come from yourself. And so you have to look at these things and say, well, like I would love to add this feature to, to this app or I'd love to imp- you know, implement this new thing or do so, or, or you know, whatever, whatever that activity is you want to do. There is a certain amount of actually having to look at it and say, there's, I think, 44 days till WWDC. Like, can I get this done in then? And if I do, is that going to set me up to be free and available afterwards? Or is it the kind of thing that's like, this is this big experimental thing that I'm working on that I'm going to release and I'm going to expect to have to do a ton of customer support or management of it. Or like I'm creating this thing that's going to then require a lot of my time down the road. Like those types of considerations, you the only person who's going to be doing those is like me. I can't rely on someone else to come in and say, this is what you need to work on for the next month. Um, in, in the run up. And so I have to do have that discipline myself to look at it and say, yeah, I think I can get this done. Like the things that I'm working on for myself are these sort of small improvements to all my apps that I kind of have these list of things. And they're just like these small improvements. Most of them are probably like a week's worth of work. And all, and all of them are things that I think won't require maintenance in June or, you know, sort of for the follow-up, they're very self-contained and neat and tidy. And that's by choice and intention. You know, I'm not really the kind of person I don't, it's not like I have a Gantt chart, like this big organizational thing that I'm like, okay, well, I'll do this and this. And, you know, this task is dependent on this task. And so like, that's not what I'm saying. And that, I, I don't know, some people love Gantt charts. That's, they don't really work for me in the way I had to think about things. But having that kind of discipline of at least thinking about it consciously and saying, like, am I realistically going to be done with all these things so that I'm poised and ready when the new stuff and the new opportunities appear? Because ultimately, that's all this all this comes down to is like, there's going to be new opportunities because there'll be change. Am I going to be in a position to set myself up to take advantage of those opportunities? Because like, that's most of what, like being lucky in a lot of these types of you know, arenas where you look at somebody, it's like, oh man, you know, it's like they really lucked out and that's why their business is a success. It's like maybe, or, or they were just ready and prepared for when the opportunity presented itself so that they could dive in head, head first. It's probably more that. Usually some of both. A little bit of both, but you can't do, if you, if you don't have the, if you don't have the one, the other one's not going to really matter nearly as much. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
All right, so we are sponsored this week, once again, by our friends at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com with a free 14-day trial. When you enter offer code RADAR at checkout, you get 20% off your first invoice. Now, Pingdom is a web monitoring service. Uh, and I have I, I said last time that I've been using Pingdom for a long time, a very long time. Today, I actually looked up how long exactly it was that, I used, that we used Pingdom. And... Um, and so I looked, I found the very first email I got from David Carp when we were both making Tumblr uh, from April 2nd, 2007. And he says, I think I'm going to sign us up for this. And then message body, pingdom.com. And sure enough, he did sign up for it. And so that we've been using Pingdom, uh, first me and me and that David, now me and this David, uh, we've been using Pingdom for a very long time. Um, I've been using it personally since spring of 2007 so for nine years now and pingdom is great for monitoring your websites and web services uh anything you can monitor through uh, a basic http access of some kind uh pingdom can monitor that and so this is useful for of course making sure your website is up making sure your service is up but you can also do things like monitor for changes uh, so you can do things like monitor somebody else's website. Like we mentioned last time, you can we would monitor the WWDC website to see when WWDC was announced each year, um, and that, which mattered a lot, especially back when it was like first come, first serve for tickets. And so you can monitor any site you want for changes. You can monitor your own sites for uptime, and you can also monitor any anything that you can represent by like a kind of a, like a binary like good or bad status. So, for instance, if you have some kind of health page or health check for your apps, your, your services, you can have the health check return a different string, and then you can have Pingdom search for that string in the page, so that when things are not just de- you know not even down, but when things are just not ideal, like one of your services is running low on disk space or something like that you can be alerted of that with a separate check and you can have different alert levels you can say all right well if if a server is low on disk space email me about that but i don't need to be like texted or notified with tons of alarms about that but if the whole website is down set everything on fire and let me know like (laughs) do whatever it takes to notify me that the website is down and there's so many customization options with pingdom it's a great service Um, they they're widely used now uh, they say they detect around 13 million outages every month, uh, which is over 400,000 outages every day. Uh, so you can really do a lot with Pingdom, and a lot of people do, and I've been doing it myself for nine years now. Uh, so check it out, pingdom.com. Uh, you need to be the first one to know when your website or service is down, uh, not everybody else. So you need to know first. Go to pingdom.com for a 14-day free trial and 20% off when you enter the offer code RADAR at checkout. Thank you very much to Pingdom for sponsoring our show once again. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I think we both kind of agreed uh, that this is a good time for cleanup and minor improvements of our apps. I want to go a little bit more into what that is, what that means. Um, I've been doing a lot of this myself with Overcast recently. Um, In the last couple of months, I've integrated analytics. I've I've integrated um, what used to be called Crashlytics and is now called Fabric, uh, which is owned by Twitter, that whole thing. Um, Integrated analytics and crash reporting more deeply into the app. Before I was just, I was... For a while, I was using Hockey. Then I was using Apple's built-in stuff. Um, and now fa- I found Fabric to be a-, a good combo for me. And the main reason why is that I really wanted to take this time to improve quality. And so this is a great time to you know minimize crashes, to go through and fix like little bugs like that, just little, little bugs, little annoyances to your users, anything that causes crashing or failures. 
this is a great time to do that because like that's the kind of stuff that generally like whatever's announced at WWDC is probably not going to affect that kind of code. Um, it's also a good time to pay off any kind of low-level technical debt as long as it's not a ton of work and you know will cause tons of bugs. But <laughs> any kind of like you know if you have like technical debt like in your in your sync or data layers, this is a good time to pay that off if you can. Um, and to, and to do like minor feature experimentation, like if you want to tweak like small changes to the app not any kind of big overreaching change or redesign but if you just want to tweak small changes this is a good time to do that as well um, it's also a good time to solicit or investigate customer feedback about what kinds of things you want to be doing this summer so ask your existing customers or look at your analytics or implement analytics of some kind don't be creepy but implement some kind of analytics um to to say like you know what should i be thinking about this summer when all this stuff is announced what should i have on my roadmap um feature wise for my app what are, what are my customers really asking for how how is the app actually being used and not being used um this is a great time for all that stuff and basically everything that isn't massive code design or business changes this is a great time for all those things and so me personally, I have, as I mentioned, integrated um, Crashlytics and Fabric and, and uh, Analytics there. And so I've taken this time to drop my crash rate to nearly zero. And through, through the combination of the last few versions, plus the version that I just submitted this morning, um, just a whole bunch of minor updates focused on getting the crashes reduced as low as I possibly can. Just trying to eliminate, like Crashlytics tells you like a, a crash-free user's percentage, uh, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool metric. And it used to be like 99 point something low. Now it's 99.9. And the new version I have in review now should raise that even higher. Uh, it's just a very satisfying like kind of technical debt payoff period I'm going through here. We're just like, let me just fix as much as I possibly can that, that I can fit in this time span. Um, and then it's also, it's a great time to do any kind of experimentation with other things that are not your app that are not like the code of your app so you know i mentioned experimental you know small features or small changes but this is actually a great time to step away from your ios apps and to look at other kinds of larger kinds of experimentation so things like learning a new language learning a new api just learning something new that will probably not change dramatically in june so you know other languages non-apple platforms things like that um and also just making new apps on different platforms. So if you if if you want if you've wanted for a long time to make an Android app or a web app, uh, maybe arguably even a Mac app, which I'm kind of been playing with a little bit, because um, the Mac doesn't change that much usually at WBC. So maybe a Mac app would also qualify here. But any kind of app on different platforms, this is a great time to experiment with that because that's probably not going to change much in June. Doesn't really matter. And you kind of have to like save your iOS juices for for then, you know. Um, and it's also a great time to just enter an entirely new business if you wanted to like start a podcast, start a blog, you know, start selling T-shirts or something. Like if you wanted to start something new that is not an app that won't necessarily take up your entire life, uh, this is a good time to experiment with that as well. So basically, it's a time for experimentation of all kinds as long as it's not going to be a problem come June. Exactly. And I think there's also something to be said for, I haven't actually, I don't, I mean, knowing me, I'll probably pull a chart for this after the show, but I'm like, I imagine the number of new submissions this time of year is lower than the typical like seasonal rate. 
And so if you have something that you've been thinking about launching, like a small little project or something, like there's a certain amount of wisdom in launching it at a time when things are quieter, when there's less going on, when in general, like there's not a whole lot of tech news that's come out. Like we're kind of in this quiet bit um, between the spring announcements and the summer announcements. And so if you have something that you have been working on, there's certainly some advantage to pushing to make sure that you get it out in the quiet time, you know, that's now. Um, Because if you try and do it over the summer, there's going to be a lot more competition on the news side. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you try and do it in the fall, then you're going to have a lot of competition just on the competing apps side. Like there's just a lot of new apps, a lot of big updates. You know, the the if you think about things like the you know the featured page in the app store, like there in this in the fall, it's going to be full of like the the apps that take advantage of the new stuff. You know, like last fall, it was like, hey, here's all the apps that are updated for 3D Touch um, or things like that. Like Apple tends to push those types of things, but. I don't really can't think of like there's not there's not a lot of huge big sweeping things right now that would kind of push something out and so there's certainly an incentive to you know if if either if you've been working on something and you might be able to get it out this is a pretty good time um you know it's I can tell from you know launching activity plus plus a couple of weeks ago that it was easier in some ways to get attention for something around now and you know if you just think about the volume of tech news like if you just you know if you're this kind of person who keeps up on tech news like it's a quietish time right now because most like apple is probably not going to be announcing much new because they'll save that for june um and a lot of other of the big organizations that you know are like create you know create tech news they're in that same kind of cycle that they have their big events in the summer um, or around then, and that's when they'll be doing it. So there's some advantage to doing that too, like just taking advantage of it as a quiet time to maybe get a bit more attention for yourself. Yeah, totally. You know, because that's, you know, as you mentioned, like there there really isn't a lot else going on for the most part right now. So if you have something where you don't necessarily need to wait until WBDC, so if it's something, if it's a, a small app or something that is that doesn't really rely too heavily on the frameworks and the platform staying identical um and things that might include things like games you know we don't know anything about games for the most part but but that might include things like games where like you're not usually using most of the platform apis uh for games usually you're using like OpenGL or or more likely some kind of higher level cross-platform game engine and doing all your custom coding in there and you're not really using like ui kit directly for most stuff and things like that so like you know that games and my everything we just said might be totally invalid. We really have no idea, but <laughs> but this is a good time for like things that will not likely be strongly affected by WBDC happening. Yeah, and the last thing I wanted to mention too is um, if you are going to be at WWDC, something else you should be doing in this time is preparing yourself for it in terms of keeping an eye and a list and a checklist of like the things that you are going to the conference to get answered. Um, like I have a list in in my like in, in my task management system that's just like WWDC questions, and any time between now and WWDC that I encounter something that I'm thinking like, hey, maybe this would be a good introductory question to ask an Apple engineer. It just goes in there, and I'll just try and keep you know keep track of these things. And a lot of them, it's probably good to like say it doesn't have they don't have to be amazing questions like these groundbreaking novel concepts. 
they're mo- think of them as icebreakers. Like it's nice. It's it's so much easier to get a conversation going if you are able to go to a lab at WWDC. If you have you know something like a jumping off point that you can start from, and so just be be thinking about that, so that rather than you know the the morning of the Tuesday of WWDC, you go into the lab and you're like, huh. What would I like to and what would I like to know? Like it's going to be a harder thing to think of the things when versus now when you're kind of in the thick of it in your code, running into little issues, running into little gotchas, things that would be helpful to you know talk to someone in, at Apple about. Um, and if they are re- if it would be relevant, always good to file a radar about them and have that with have that number with you when you go to WWDC. It just avoids the dance that you'll end up doing otherwise with an Apple engineer. We're like, oh, have you filed a radar about this? And they say no. And it's like, well, you should probably do that. And (laughs) it's kind of a conversation killer uh, versus if you can go in and say like, yes, I did. Here's the number. And then you can continue the conversation from there. So just a little tip that I've found very helpful uh, for myself to get ready for WWDC every year. Sounds good. And with that, I think we're out of time this week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, good luck with your technical debt and experimental period uh, that, that we're entering now. And uh, I uh, hope you listen next week. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye.